How many truly love him today in the house of the Lord? How many could truly say, God's house today, Jesus, I love you. From the bottom of my heart, I love you. I'm thankful, God, for the relationship that I have with you. I'm thankful for what you've done in my life. I'm thankful, God, that I got to know you. I'm thankful, God, that you revealed yourself to me. Thankful, God, that I've got to experience your love and your grace and your mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I was telling your pastor, maybe it was last week, that I love times of shouting and dancing, exuberance. I like those those Sunday nights at a red hot, that fevered pitch. You walk out with faith that God can do absolutely anything. There's something about a hallowed move of God, a holy move of God, where you know that you're putting your finger on the pulse of heaven. And you know what he's doing. You know what he's doing in your life. You know where he's taking you. You know where he's leading you. And you're willing to go. Anybody get a sense of that over these last few weeks that God's kind of given you a direction? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thankful God for the confirmation of your plan for my life. Thankful God for your will. Thankful for your purpose, precious Savior. Thankful that I, I know that you have a plan for me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Precious Savior, precious Savior, precious Savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I don't to sing. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you look at somebody close to you and smile at them and tell them, man, you make me look better today. Lose sight the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the hinge on which our salvation sways. It's all about Calvary. It's all about the crosses. It's all about the blood that he shed for us. We can't skip over Calvary. We can't get beyond Calvary. We've got to go through Calvary. If you're going to be saved, it's a bloody process. We can't take the blood out of it. This is a bloody salvation. We've been removed from it because we didn't have to shed our own. He done it for us. But that is not a right for us to forget the cross and forget Calvary and forget Galgotha. Forget the price that was paid for us. That redemption didn't come easy. That cost was not light. But he paid it all for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me in the house of the Lord for the reading of the word of the Lord this morning? I am going to endeavor to be very prompt and very to the point today. Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 18. Begin right there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Such a wonderful time in the house of the Lord on Wednesday evening. If you was not here, you missed a wonderful move of God. And I told the church that God has a way of of taking me and making me humble because he didn't even use me to do what I wanted to happen. He just kept me out of the mix so I couldn't take anything for it. 
Isn't that the kind of God that we serve that is glorified in every situation? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love him better, the old song says, every day. And I feel that way today. I love him better every day. Hallelujah. If you have it, say amen today in the house of the Lord. Luke 18 and 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet... Lackest, would you say that? Lackest. Let yet there's one thing, one thing. There is one thing. Somebody today, under the sound of my voice, there's one thing. Thou lackest one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, and. Would you read this with me? Follow me. Now, if I remember correctly, when he looked at Peter and Andrew, he just simply said, follow me. When he looked at James and John, which I'm going to be preaching later this month about James and John, he just simply said, follow me. Follow me. This, my friend was not any ordinary invitation. This was an invitation to discipleship. This was an invitation to be a part of the inner circle of Jesus Christ. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God, for it is easier... For a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And when they heard it, they said, who then can be saved? And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, lo, we have left all. Would you say that with me? Left all. And followed thee. The old timers, when they would read their their passage of scripture, a lot of times they would have the whole congregation just read with them. And so I, I just had you read small excerpts with me to really stand out to you today. Because there's an invitation in this place to each and every one of us. Come, follow me. Come and follow me. Hallelujah. So my question today, which I was taught in Bible school never to preach a message using a question, but my question to you today, you don't even have to use it as a title, is will you follow him? Will you follow him? Precious Savior, we need you today. God, you know the hearts of the people that have gathered into this place today. You know those that are hungry for you and those that are just here simply, God, hallelujah, to serve their guilty conscience. I pray, God, upon each and every one of us alike, though, today in this place that you would put a calling. You would speak, God, to somebody's heart. You would draw at somebody. You would 
pull at some heartstring today in this place, God, and you would make somebody ready, Lord, hallelujah, to leave all, to forsake all, and to come, Lord, and to follow you. And we give you the glory for what you're doing right now. We give you the glory, God, because we know that conviction is going to settle in this place. Hallelujah. Invitation is going to settle in this place. We give you the glory, Lord, because somebody's going to receive you today in this place. In the name of Jesus. Would you say that with me? In the name of Jesus. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, sister, for playing when I threw you under the bus there. I didn't tell her what I was going to sing till the very last second. So thank you for following me. It's unique to find somebody that can follow anymore. In Pentecost, most folks just play. To find somebody that can follow, it's a good thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Luke would tell us the story of a rich man. He tells us that he was a certain ruler. It's not about his money, so please don't think the story is about how much he had or how little he had, because I've met people who have very little in life, but they are not willing to turn loose of very little to get the riches of all of glory. So it's not really about the money. If, you, if you've got money, God bless you. If you've got wealth, God bless you. If you've got riches, God bless you. If you've got cars and homes and boats and all of that, God bless you. I, I'm not here to preach against you today. I'm not here to try to, to guilt trip you today in the house of the Lord. I am in the house of the Lord today to preach to each and every heart, every individual under the sound of my voice, and tell you today that God has issued forth a calling in this church. I don't know about the church up the road, the church down the street. I, I don't know. I've not been there, but I've been here for a few services now. I've been here over the last year uh, quite a few times, and I can tell you that God is issuing forth the call to this church, to these people, to these hearts, to these minds, and he's inviting you into discipleship with him. The Bible would tell us that this man come to Jesus. He was not sought out by Jesus like the other disciples, but rather he came to Jesus. He had a hunger. He had a desire. And I come to tell somebody today in the house of the Lord, your hunger and your desire to live for Jesus is not enough. I don't come to cross theological sabers with you today. I don't come to argue, nor to fight, nor to debate with you. It's not my place, it's not my point. But I can tell you today in the house of the Lord that it is not enough just simply to be hungry for the presence of God. There must come a place where you turn your life over to Him. There is a a place, a position that you arrive at in God where you either begin to go backwards or you make that decision to go forward. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This young man came to him and began to ask him, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do to reap heaven? What do I need to do to make my eternal abode with you? What steps do I take? What process do I go through? Stick with me, somebody. I'm going somewhere today. What, what do 
I have to endure, hallelujah, at your hand to actually get to where I want to get to because this man wasn't just anybody. He was used to processes. He was probably a very goals-driven young man. He, he already had attained much in life. He had probably went through some of the best schools. He had probably already been taught. He probably had a father that was an entrepreneur and a, and a businessman, and he had taught him all the routines just simply to get ahead in life. He wasn't just simply a nobody, but he was a rich man. He was a ruler. He knew about authority. So when he come to Jesus, he knew that Jesus would have the answer for him. Don't be mistaken today in the house of the Lord. Jesus always has the answer for you. You might not like the answer, but he's got the answer for you. And if you're willing today in the house of Lord to bear the answer, hallelujah, I can tell you that you can ask the question in the house of the Lord today. What do I have to do to receive eternal life? The young man looked at him, fastened his eyes upon him, intently waiting upon his answer. Jesus began to recite to him the Ten Commandments. Oh, boy. You don't know how many times I've heard this answer. You don't know how many times I've already been through this. I've, I've said in the, in the temple, I've heard from the very mouth of the priest, I've heard the Pharisees, I've heard the Sadducees, they all tell me the same thing. They all have already been through this process before. I've already been through this plan before. Jesus was just simply setting him up and helping him realize I've done these things and these things are not Enough. You've got to hear me in the house of the Lord today. I've already done things like abstained myself from adultery. I've already done things like made him my one true God. I've already done things like honor my mother and my father. What Jesus was allowing him to understand is you're a good man, but you're not ready for heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your good deeds will not make it to heaven for you. Your good works will not get you into heaven. And so here was the invitation given to him when he would cry out that commandment to him. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. It was though Jesus was waiting upon the response of this young man. He knew, the Acts tells us, that he knows the hearts of all men. He already knew what is transpiring in the heart of this young man. He knew where his mind was going. He saw into his very spirit and the man looked at him and gave him an answer that he already knew. These things I've done since I've been a young boy. 
I've been doing everything that I know to do. I've been, I've been going through the motions. I, I, I've served to the best of my ability. Everything that's been told me, I've lived up to. I, I've lived up to the commandments. I'm not broken the commandments. The Pharisees couldn't find fault in me. The, the, the Sadducees couldn't find fault in me. The priests in the temple couldn't find fault in me. Here I stand before you having done everything right. I am a good man. I give. I'm active in. I'm a part of. I belong to. Jesus stopped him right there. He just simply said, yet thou lackest one thing. Whoa! Hold on, I just told you I've done everything. I've just told you that I've lived up to the commandments. I've just told you what a good father I am. I've just told you what a good husband I am. I've just told you what a good son I am. I've just told you what a good brother I am. I've just told you that that he is supreme in my life. I've just told you that I worship him and him alone. I've just told you I've, I've lived up to all of these commandments. But yet one thing thou lackest. Just one Little thing. I believe one thing will keep you out of heaven. I believe people will die and go to hell because of one thing. I want you to know in the house of God tonight that I am, I've made up my mind. Not one thing is going to keep me out of heaven. Not one thing is going to keep me out of heaven. Why, why do you live straight? Why, why do you live like you live? Why, why do you live life so, so far, hallelujah, committed to God? Because I don't want one thing to keep me out of heaven. I don't want one thing to separate me eternally from the presence of God. I don't want to stand before him and him go down through that role as he's listing the sin of my life, hallelujah, and for me to fail and for me to fall and for me to come short simply because I've given all, I've done all, but I would not be committed. And here was Jesus and he said, yet there is one thing that you lack, rich young ruler. Go sell all that you have distribute it to the poor. I'm going to remind you today, I'm not preaching about your money. I'm preaching about the heart. I'm preaching about what's holding you, not what you're holding. And here, hallelujah, this one thing that was holding on to the heart of this man, what caused him to trip up, what caused him to fail when he heard the call of Jesus upon his life. Hallelujah. He could not do what Jesus asked of him. Go sell all that you have. Now notice what he says. Go distribute it to the poor. And then come and, would you say it with me? Follow me. Just follow me. Just follow me. That's all I'm asking. I I, I just want you to walk with me. I just want you to talk with me. I, I just want you to be involved. Oh, What an invitation was given to this rich, young ruler. Oh, what a beckoning call was issued forth to the heart of this young man. Matthew stepped up from a tax collector's desk and left it there. 
Peter and Andrew walked away from a fishing boat. Ah, James and John walked away from their father and followed him. He looked into the eyes of this young man and he said, I expected Matthew to walk away from a tax collector's desk. I expected Paul and P- or Peter and James and John. I expected these to walk away from a boat and they done it. And when I ask of you, I expect you to walk away from some things, but some things that you walk away from, I'm going to take you to a better place. So I wouldn't let things that I'm holding on to separate me from the presence of God when he issues forth an invitation in this place to your heart. I would readily walk away from anything this world could ever offer me just simply to follow, to follow, to follow him. He was sorrowful. Notice, but not repentant. There are people that cry tears in our altars and say, oh, I wish God would just use me. Oh, I wish God would just direct me. Oh, I wish, but what has he asked you to walk away from? It's not enough in the house of the Lord for us to just be simply good Christians. It's not enough for us just simply to do good works. I believe in being a good Christian. I believe in doing good works. The scripture is very explicit about that. It talks to us about the fact that when you are filled with his spirit, these things will automatically happen. When you begin to show forth the fruit of the spirit, that is because the spirit is on the inside. When the spirit is on the inside, you cannot help but display the fruit of the spirit. You can't display the gifts of the spirit without having the gifts of the spirit. And so it is a byproduct. Works are a byproduct of something working on the inside. Fruit is a byproduct of something working on the inside. I've come to tell you, in the house of the Lord, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to be meek. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to display the love of God. If you have the Holy Ghost, you ought to be patient. You ought to be loving. You ought to be kind. You ought to help your brother. You ought to help the downtrodden. You ought to help the, the fatherless. You ought, to, you ought to help the widow. These things are necessary. But these things are not the things that get you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is when you leave who you used to be and you become who God wants you to be. Hallelujah. And that is the kind of question that God is asking of your heart in this place today. Are you willing to walk away from who you are and become what God wants you to be? I'm not just talking today to the sinner. I'm not just talking to the backslider. Even though I am, do not be mistaken. I'm talking to saints sitting on pews that have sat on the same pews for the last 10, 20, even 30 years for some of you. And you're just a good person. You've been doing what you know to do. And God is saying, forsake it and come and follow me. 
walk away from it because I've got an invitation to something that is even more. you got to hear me in the house of the Lord today. Ah, listen, please. Oh, open up your ears and open up your heart and receive what I'm telling you today. There is a question being asked of you today. Will you follow him? Sell out. Sell out to him. Sell all. Jesus. All. All. Everything. All. I have to tell my kids sometimes, when I say all, I mean everything. I've got to redefine what all means in their little mind. When I say pick up everything in your room, that means everything short of the bed and the dresser. Jesus said, go sell all. Now listen to me. Go sell the good and the bad. Because what's going to happen when you sell the good and the bad, you're going to come to me. Like Peter said, we have forsaken all to come and follow you. Because what's going to happen in your life when you sell out to Jesus Christ and you begin at an altar to walk with him, he is going to add back to you those things that he deems necessary for you to have. And then might not be in the hand of God for you to have all the material things that you have in life. But I can promise you this, he's never forsaken me. I can promise you this, the righteous have never been caught begging bread. I can tell you this in the house of God, he is a God that provides. He is a God that makes a way where there seems to be no way. He is a God that goes before me long before I ever get there. <laughs> I have a God that all of, all of heaven is His. The earth is His and the fullness thereof belongs to Him. The cattle on a thousand hills is His. I've got a God that has a treasure, treasure trove full just simply for me. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall... And this is the God that I have chosen to forsake all and to come and to follow after him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. About a year and a half ago, I left Indiana. Why? Because I'm following after him. I'm wanting the perfect, hallelujah, will of God in my life. Is there anybody that desires that? You want the perfect will of God in your life. Hallelujah. I am on a mission to seek, hallelujah, the perfect will of God. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to be in the presence of God. Oh, I want you to know in the house of God today, Hallelujah, that he is issuing forth the same question to you that he has asked me. Will you follow me? Kind of tough this morning, I know. Because it plows up our hearts and it, it finds us where we are comfortable and puts those, I don't know what you call them down here, but we call them cockleburs at home when they get up underneath a 
a horse's saddle, and it'll drive a, a horse crazy. Anybody, anybody know what a cocklebird is? You have those down here? They get caught up in your pant legs and they get shoe strings and your shirt. And you can put them through the washer and put that back on, and it, it'll poke you and remind you where you've been. I want to put a, a burr up underneath your, your saddle today because the invitation to come and follow him is one of discipleship. It's one of intimacy. It's one of relationship. But it takes a new level of commitment to him. It takes being sold out to him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just about done. It's not going to take me very much longer. John chapter number 21, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed himself, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. I don't know what you're doing, but they've just crucified the master. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going fishing. That's what I'm doing. And so he, he went back to that old familiar place and he, he took off the blankets off that old boat that is set there for three and a half years. He, he tested it to make for sure that it wouldn't sink on him. He, he probably had to file down a couple of, of old rot spots there on the side of that boat, make for sure it was sturdy, get out the oars, put them back where they need to be. He, he got all of his fishing gear together. He got that net up into the ship and he, he began to, to trudge off into the water just simply going fishing. He went back to doing what Jesus found him doing before. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. They had found not a thing. I have to believe that Peter thought, after three and a half years, I've lost my touch. This is what I've done for a living. This is who I was. This, listen to me. This is who I used to be. This is what I used to do. This is my old occupation. And now that Jesus is gone, I can't find him. I, I saw him hang up on a tree. I saw him buried. Now I'm simply going to go back to doing what I used to do. But what Peter should have done probably is just simply... When he walked away from that boat, he should have sold the boat. Can I challenge somebody in the house of the Lord today? When you get up from an altar today in this place, make for sure that you've sold the boat. Get the boat out of the way so you don't have that to go back to. Jesus looked and said that to the rich young ruler. And Peter said, we've forsaken all and come and followed you. But somewhere back in the recesses of Peter's mind, that boat was still there. He knew he could go back. He knew there was a place he could go back to. I can tell you, there is no turning around in my mind. There is no going back in God. There's nothing for me me to go back to. There's nothing for me to run back to. It's forward. It's forward. It's forward in him. Uh. Hernan Cortez sailed into the Yucatan to conquer the Aztecs in 1519. Ordered all 
but one of his ships to be sunk there at that bay so that none of his force could retreat back to Cuba. The remaining ship was loaded down with gold and information of where he was at and what he was about to accomplish. And he set that ship on its sail back to his homeland. He made a declaration to his men and everybody surrounding. We cannot go back now. We might as well go forward. I don't know what you're looking over your shoulder for. I don't know what you're looking back at. But I can tell you, Jesus is ahead. Heaven is in sight. This thing is just about to wrap up. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody better hear me. Hallelujah. He's issuing forth a question to you. Will you follow me? Will you be willing? Would you stand with me? Will you be willing to sell out? Will you be willing to get rid of it all? Will you be willing just simply to say, God, I'm yours totally, completely. None of this matters. What matters most, God, is you and my relationship with you. Ah. Mm. Hallelujah. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you follow me? That's the question today. Will you follow me? I've already asked you. Will you follow me? Or are you willing to, to sell all? Are you willing to forsake all? Are you willing to come and just simply follow me where I'll lead you? You can't go on your own. Where, I've led, where I'm going to lead you, I've already made a way for you. Douglas MacArthur said, we've known the bitterness of defeat and the exaltation of triumph. And from both we have learned there can be no turning back. We must go forward to preserve the peace that we won in War. There are times of war in our lives, in our spiritual lives, and there are times of peace. But be not mistaken, we cannot go back. We must go forward. Hallelujah. He'll never lead you backwards. He'll always lead you forward. He'll always put you one foot in front of the other. David said, order my steps in your word. And he's asking today, is every head is bowed and every eye is closed for just a moment, please appease me. He's asking today to some heart that is hungry. I know you're hungry, but you can. Can you take it just a step farther? Come and follow me. Are you willing to sell out today in the house of the Lord and to come and follow me? Oh, he's petitioning some heart in this place today. These altars, I want you to know, are open. If you're a sinner in this place today and you need him, he's beckoning to you and he's asking you, come and follow me. Oh, you might be that rich young ruler. Hallelujah that's coming to him because you want to know about eternal life and he's going to let you know it's not enough just simply to be good you've got to fall upon the rock and be broken lest the rock fall upon you and grind you to powder he's asking you today will you follow him will you follow him will you follow him Uh, hear me today hear me today Hear me today. 
Shuriaba Shatan. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Peter went back to doing what he always knew to do. He went back to it. He started fishing. He didn't catch nothing. He didn't catch a thing. He wasn't no good at what he was used to do. I want you to know, you can go back to the world, but I can promise you this. Ah, you can't be the same in the world again. Once you've experienced the Holy Ghost, once you've experienced baptism in Jesus' name, once you've experienced this wonderful fellowship of people, ah, that like precious faith, you can't go back to the world and be what you used to be and do what you used to do and attend the places that you used to attend and be okay and be all right with it. I want you to know that heaven has settled upon you a holy conviction and I pray that it settles in your heart I know it's strong for a Sunday morning please forgive me but Jesus is beckoning to us and he's calling out to somebody and he's asking will you come and follow me Jesus looked at his incompetence Jesus looked at what he had failed at so miserably and he said oh just go ahead and take that net and throw it back on the right side he drew in 150 some fish and they had to drag him to the shore Jesus said why why did you ever walk away to somebody today in the house of the Lord, to somebody with a backslidden heart, to somebody that's drifted away. Why did you ever walk away? He's beckoning to you. He's asking you again, come and follow me. These altars are open right now. Somebody needs to respond to the word of the Lord. There's some sinner in this place today that God's going to meet up with you and he's going to impart to you salvation. There's some backslider today in the house of the Lord that he wants to renew you in the spirit. There's some saint today that he's going to elevate you. He's going to exalt you. He's going to lift you up. Does anybody want to follow him today? These altars are open. Anybody want to respond and just simply come and bow your knee at an old-fashioned apostolic Pentecostal altar and just simply say, God, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. And those things that I'm holding on to that would separate me from you, God, remind me again. Show me again, God, what I need to separate from Show me what's worked into my heart and what's worked in my life. What's occupying pie in my mind that would take me away from and separate me from your presence. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, follow me. Come and follow me. He didn't tell him where he was going. He just simply said, come and follow me. There's a new adventure every day with you, Lord. Come and follow me. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Somebody sell the boat today. Sell that boat today. for sale sign on that boat get it out of the front yard make sure when you walk away from this altar you have nothing to turn back to having forsaken all and just simply being good
You understand, all across America today, there are churches full of good people. In about an hour and ten minutes, there will be people sitting around tables all across America that didn't even attend church this morning that are good people. I meet people every day that are good people. They would give you the shirt right off their back. They would do anything in the world for humanity. There are people that serve causes that don't even believe like you believe. And they are good people. It is not enough just simply to be good. We must be sold out. It's not enough for us just simply to attend our church and to, to put the ties box in the back and to, to attend when we have special meetings and special rallies and to, to attend to the yard work and the cleaning of the sanctuary. It's not enough for us just simply to do these things. It's not enough just simply to feed the hungry. It's not enough just simply to clothe those that have none. It's not enough. It's not enough. It is not enough because those are an overflowing of the hearts. What we must understand is there has to be a relationship with our Creator. There's got to be. Above all else, that's why we gather into this place on a Sunday morning. That's why we'll here, be here again on Sunday night. That's why we'll be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. It's not about the feeding of the hungry. It's not about the clothing of those that don't have. It's not about simply just attending. It's about learning, God, how can I be closer to you? What, what can I do to follow you? What do I have to do to just simply follow you if you want to follow him in this place? heard that beckoning call today a voice from heaven falling upon your ear will you join me in raising your hand and telling him God I'll follow you wherever you lead me good at it. Follow him. Trust him. You can follow him. I don't know anything else, any other cause, any other purpose in life that I have so much confidence in as following Jesus Christ. I look at the witness in the house today of people that said, I'm going to do that. They made that commitment 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. However many years ago, I can testify it was a good decision. And though we made that decision then, we find ourselves having to make the decision over and over again. 
because an old man keeps showing up and arguing for space in our life. And I have to keep remembering why I chose to follow him. And that it was a good choice. It was a good choice. Could we lift our hands and thank God for the word? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the invitation that still, still resounds in our hearts and our minds every day of our life to follow you. Lord, we go from this house following you. Wherever you lead, be okay because you will provide. You will supply. You will take care. You told your disciples then, you tell us now that you clothe the lilies of the field. You attend every sparrow's funeral. You'll surely take care of us when we commit ourselves to you. It's a good choice. It's a good decision to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for your presence. Never let us escape this feeling of the necessity of a 100% commitment. We ask it in your name, Jesus you greet somebody in love and tell them you're glad you're walking with them in Jesus.